thank you very much for listening in to another episode of Alama UDND. We appreciate having you here with us. If you like what we are doing, tell your friends and add us on Instagram at Alama UDND and at Table Minis. If you would like to support us further, join our Patreon for exclusive content and benefits or visit our website at www.tableminis.com. We wish you an amazing week filled with inspiration and peace. Take care. Alama UDND. Alama UDND. Why you may never tell me. It's okay, we still steady. Come on, let's DND. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Before we start talking to Imran once again, I want to ask a very specific, special question. Mm-hmm. Imran, if you had a particular magic item that you can use in this day and age, what would it be? The flame tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Spear of destiny. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, okay, you know, the thing is, right, I believe... That all of us actually have a magic item in, in us. Okay? It's whether we are able to fully crystallize it. A tune, uh, a tune. A tune with it. Like all of us, no matter who you are, right, ha- has a gift. You really have to kind of locate that gift at that particular phase in your life and use it appropriately. The current magic item I have now is my attunement to fatherhood and my relationship with my kids. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's my current gift. I think. Oh, I'm trying to nurture it. How about you, Denon? Me? Yeah. If you had like particular magic item, like in a physical form, what would this magical item be? It's my GTX 2060. <laughs> <laughs> a computer that allows me to run Tales Fire, <laughs> which you couldn't run yesterday because your computer kept shutting down. Goddamn. So I need a new magical item, ladies and gentlemen out there. If you have an extra computer with like great specs, like 32 GB RAM, uh, you want to send it over to Alamat UDND. We are more than happy to accept it. Yeah, man. Give us gifts. Yeah, we would love some gifts. So, okay, Imran, let's go back to our conversation about Dungeons & Dragons um, elevating your work, right? Mm. Now, I want to ask you a question. How has Dungeons & Dragons elevate you as a father? Okay, so I am of the opinion that we can always do better in the uh, nurturing of creative thought among children and the youth. Um, after being part of a lot of so-called creative circles, like mostly scripting and writing stories, right? I do find that we probably can do better in the department, myself included. You know, we, we have a lot of unfortunate self-censorship type um, obstacles that are pre-built into our minds mm-hmm. uh, locally, you know? Um, and we kind of rein in our most insane, batshit crazy thoughts for fear that it may not be accepted or is inappropriate and trying to be politically correct. I think we can use the mechanics, the role-playing um, opportunities within D&D to actually help uh, kids, next generation, to actually break through this. That's why I think it can be really, really useful. How, have you seen it play out for you? I have, I have. Like how? So, okay, so um, I... I've ever ever since I started playing and DMing um, 
D&D 5e again Oh wait I realised I didn't, I didn't finish The earlier story So I did the TM, TMNT thing right mm. And then I realised I was God right yeah. So that kind of <laughs> That kind of Stopped for a while And only um, I think Five years ago Was it five years ago I can't, Oh man I'm losing track of time Or was it Three years ago That I started playing D&D 5e again How long have I known you guys? Three, about three, mm. three years About three years right Yeah so about that so about three and a half Yeah, three and a half Four, four years, years ago Yes I D&D 5e was really starting to pick up, right? Correct You, came, I and thought, bought, you came and bought Curse of Strike Yeah, I thought Okay, I really, really want to get started Proper on D&D So I really am a new D&D player Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Speak, I, right? I remember you tried to sell me back for Fourth edition rule Yes, because I bought the wrong <laughs> one, right? Yeah, wrong, yeah. yeah. So um, at that time uh, After The reason why I got all the core books Was because I took part in this talk With uh, Ministry of Education about changing careers and then they give like a Kinokuniya book voucher and I had enough to buy all the core books I was like okay lah I'm done buy all the core books so I bought all the core books and I started playing and then I literally tricked my wife and some of my friends into playing d okay I told them hey this is going to be fun guys give it a shot let's do this so I prepped everything I even give them uh, pre-generated characters we were on a and I had a marketing team So we had a marketing retreat So all of my marketing apprentices All were roped in Under the guise of a holiday But after they went to the beach In the day That night After dinner I had barbecue I said okay Time to play D&D Okay Then everybody okay lah Try lah Give boss face lah huh? So I set up the map All Exciting Give them so exciting. the guys All Everything prepped for them No At the time my wife was Heavily pregnant Very angry and she, she was like Why do I have to do this? I'm pregnant I'm on holiday You forced me to roll dice You bastard <laughs> But I said No, must try So I made them play I made them play And throughout the whole game My wife came on shouting Can we all just die? She literally tried, She went on a suicide mission She wanted to kill her character Because she thought This was the dumbest thing ever This is the same woman Who later on Took part in another campaign actually died because she tried to go solo on a separate sub-adventure with me got killed uh, by a vine and then later resurrected herself as of course the daughter of the <laughs> killed character and later at the end of, of that particular arc which we played for a year plus she again sacrificed herself to save everyone in the party wow. so her journey much more exciting than mine <laughs> Sorry, what was your question again? <laughs> <laughs> forcing people to play. Ah, uh, yes. Sorry, what was your question? Oh, the question <laughs> was, uh, how have you seen this uh. manifest uh, of like uh, helping... No, yeah, oh, the kids, the kids, the kids, the kids, yes. So because I was having like so many like animated uh, um, D&D sessions at my house, right? And at that time, um, my, my two elder kids uh, had to go to bed about 8.30. And then uh, there's a new baby because my wife gave birth already. After she gave birth, she was a lot more receptive to DD. <laughs> but she kept, kept playing, carrying what the baby sleeping in the arms. Huh? Mm-hmm. And we had many sessions. It was loud and just rambunctious sessions of people shouting. I had one guy who played a, a barbarian who was extremely loud. He literally is a barbarian. His nickname is Biceps. <laughs> just kept on shouting and, 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 and rolling dice out of turn. He literally just, the kind of guy who, who if there's a locked door, before, while everyone's talking about it, he's the first to crash through and just start killing, right? Mm-hmm. So he's exactly the archetype. So they'll be shouting, and my kids will be trying to sleep because next day they got school, right? And they'll always shout from their room, Do noisy! 
And these are like a, a six-year-old and a five-year-old who uh, cannot stand the fact that their parents are making so much noise while playing D&D. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Role reversal. Role reversal, right? So eventually, I thought, you know what? I should rope them in. I should let them try, you know? But of course, as any parent can attest to, um, 5E isn't exactly child-friendly yeah, in not. that sense, you know, mm. right? So I had to do a dumbed-down version and I thought to myself, I can, I can be done. Let's just give it a shot. So I did a dumbed-down version of 5E for my kids to play, and they tried it. And that was when it, it struck me, and it was quite like a lightning bolt, you know. But the first time I ran a, a short, one-shot campaign for them, I could see their little minds literally explode. Wow. Mm. Like, cool. Like, they were like, what? Mm. Because they, it was the first time I actually saw them um, in a situation where they are, they are they are slightly disassociated from the characters that they play on the table, and they can make decisions that are otherwise against the grain of who they are as a person. So that meta level playing was already quite mind blowing for them, and the game itself allowed them to do many things. Like I give them free reign to do whatever they want, right? I just put them in the in the scenes, and literally did the. Uh, you can certainly try approach mm. and they just went nuts you know and, and and just as with any new D&D player the first characters you play will always be a true reflection of yourself inevitably yes. yeah. you play yourself for whatever reason right the best version yeah of the yourself. best version of yourself so um, literally my daughter who's here with us today Isabel literally played the goody two shoes type spellcaster right and my son being the little sneaky imp that he is, played the little ninja who literally set up traps and threw bombs everywhere. Cool. And and it was amazing the decisions they made, although it was disassociated from themselves, was still a reflection of their true inner selves. Mm-hmm. But then a next level of magic happens. When they play again, they try to play the exact opposite of themselves. Right? As we all can attest. You will try to be okay. You, you'll come to a point where you realise okay I'm playing, actually playing myself this first game I don't want to do that I want to be something completely different and so they tried that and again you go through that that, that, that process of, of trying to rediscover exactly who you are and what this means to you so to me that's it's fantastic to see their minds become creatively engaged and it's something which is not easy to do yeah, for yeah, children yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's you can't just read a book. You can't just watch a movie and then discuss it. You know, they do not have the ability to articulate or have the vocabulary to actually explain what is actually happening, right? So to see their facial expression, their decision-making process, and their ability to actually try to get a grip of what is happening in front of them, mm. to me, is fantastic. Wow. Uh, okay. Every time I hear you talk about your children playing Dungeons & Dragons, right, uh, it makes my mind, it blows my mind because I as a dungeon master, when I play with children, I see this happening but I cannot articulate it the way you do. Because I see, I see this, I see their minds going and I see them making decisions. See that, right? Yeah. And then you are also, you are enveloped by this wave that is going on with them and then you feel like a child too. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's, a, it's a totally different level of dungeon mastering when you are playing with children. Okay, how would you describe, okay, then you start first, right? How would you describe your best DM moment 
if it's anywhere close to what I just said, can you try? One one of the best DM moments was you coming on, coming for the final episode and seeing everybody's face. Like I love to watch facial reactions. That's the whole. That's my thing. Uh, right. I try to create facial expressions yes, other people, yes. and that's it for me. Uh, so yeah, that's that's what. Uh, another thing is like when they are really in trouble, mm. right? Like the first time uh, a beginner group meets the dragon, right? Because they all have these preconceived notions of what dragons are, yeah. right? And they really face a Dungeons and Dragons dragon. Mm. It's half the name, yeah. right? It has to be. Yes. It is my job to make sure they remember Dungeons and Dragons yes. dragon. Uh, and the fear, the there is one lady who never uttered a curse word, a vulgarity ever, right? And the first time she did it was against my dragon. <laughs> <laughs> that was a personal mark. She, she hated oh the dragon. My God, that's a milestone, then. Yes, then I ripped her character in half. Oh, oh my! Beautiful. God. <laughs> no, no, it was another person's character in front of her. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. So that was that was one of my favorite. Uh, you first. I think playing with a, a bunch of children. These are uh, I, these are like a bunch of five, six year olds. So they've heard of Dungeons and Dragons and they've seen the older children play Dungeons and Dragons. Like, oh, come on, you want to play Dungeons and Dragons? And they've been crying the week before, like they didn't get to play it. So fine, we'll sit down and play Hero Kids, which is a watered down version of Dungeons and Dragons. It's a tabletop uh, role playing game. So when we played, um. This boy, uh, this young boy called Sunesh, like, I can do anything. Yeah, you can do anything. You just have to decide with your party what you want to do. Okay, and then they went on a rant on deciding on what to do. So the entire game, the entire 45 minutes, is them discussing how they are going to go on an adventure. They didn't even go on an adventure. Yes. And that was the first time where they, they were focused, the conversation was focused. Mm. Like the other times when we used to hang out at the playground, the conversation will just go to what everyone else is going through in their lives. Mm. But in that session, they sat down 45 minutes. was like, oh, what we need to bring for this Problem adventure? Solving. Yeah. Yes. So by the time they meet the the villain, which was a rat, we had to end. <laughs> and then like they cried again. Like no, I want to play to finish. I I I enjoyed that because yeah, y- 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 that was that would have been how you felt when you first watched a an awesome TV show. Mm. Like when the episode ends, you know, when you watch Hercules at that time with Xena, the warrior princess, there's the episode where the cliffhanger. And they were like, oh, I need to wait next week. Mm. And that was how they felt. And I remember that moment and I'm living through vicariously through, through their lens when you're going through You know that. what I find odd? Mm. I find odd that you chose Xena as an example for a cliffhanger, which is very strange. Of all the shows you can mention, you chose Xena Warrior Princess. Yes. I, I grew up with that. I used to, I only can watch that when I was like, at my grandmother's place. Oh, because right. no censorship, right? My yes, grandmother's place, right. right? Oh, as long as you eat, uh, you watch TV, uh, okay, can. Uh, as long as I can see you there, you watch. So I watch Xena the Warrior Princess. This lady sure, in like a very nice, uh, uh, like, brazier, and like, she can fight. <laughs> and that sort of became the epitome me of the kind of um, woman that I want to find in my life. Zina, the water princess. And Hercules is the kind of guy yeah, I want to be. Yeah. Shima, Zina. Yeah. Consistent. <laughs> 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 strong. Strong woman. But wait, remember at, during those times our lives were dictated by weeks. Yes. yes. Like, when's the next week? When's the next week? And Dungeons and Dragons is very similar because yes. games are yes. next week. Right? So yes. that, that, that reminiscence that just 
I just happen to connect one plus one. It gives you time to process what happened for the past three hours. Yeah. yeah. You know, sometimes when you watch an entire series on Netflix for like six hours, then you go like, what happened? Huh? You don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> and the great thing about Dungeons and Dragons, you play weekly, and then you sort of have a memory of each moment and then when you mm. put it together there's this one tumultuous event yeah. that you go like wow that was yeah. such an amazing experience no, the, the thing about um, time as we know it right mm. it's highly influenced by our habits and, and a lot of our habits are the games that we play mm. right so or, or not even games but just the entertainment that we consume it is unfortunate that now that we are going through this gluttonous um this just binging on shows, right? Disproportionate. Uh, yeah, it's, it's because of the nature of streaming entertainment now. We just can just binge with no real barriers. We just consume and eat it and then we kind of vomit everything like, Ugh, I need the next one. It's like a like a entertainment drug. We forget how great anticipation is. <laughs> right? Like, you know, the, the, the sheer anticipation of a game that's coming up, right? It's immeasurable, you know. The, 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 the sheer giggling joy that you think about, like, what's going to happen? It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, dude. yeah, you talk about that. Like, we we are, we are playing Icewind Deal with Dennett at this point. We have a couple of players and we had to take a break for a while because of uh, certain events that had to happen. Um, and week on week, every Sunday, even though we're not playing and I'm busy settling some stuff, I'm thinking about, oh, where are we going to go next when we go into Icewind Dale? Oh, what is happening? What is happening? Apparently not going where you are supposed to go. <laughs> the, the shit I prepared for two weeks worth of stuff was going to the right, you all went to the left. Okay, so I find it hilarious, right, that, that you know, we really kind of embrace the roles that we take on. Like, for example... Like Faris, clearly you've you DM before, right? And clearly you know that you know it can sometimes be frustrating to DM and then the players just don't follow the prep that you've done and we know it's always going to happen, right? But then when you switch roles and you become a player, you'll do exactly what you as a DM would hate for you to be as a player. Yeah. It's like when you're a child, you think your parents are wrathful yeah. and then when you become a parent you go like oh man I understand what my yeah. parents are doing because my kids are doing that and I, feel, I think I, I don't have children yet but I, I'm imagining it's going to be like that yeah. and the reason why players do that as players suddenly you you don't have to worry yeah. and the DM is like a parent no, because you're absolved from the responsibility of ensuring that the story goes as per plan true yeah. Oh, like the the world is your oyster vibe, ah. Like for the dungeon master, like okay, I need to. This is oh, in Malay they say tatang minyak yang penuh. <laughs> that means you have a you have you have a bowl filled with water and you have to gently balance it. And that's the role of a dungeon master. I'm laughing because I haven't heard that that adage for a very long time. time. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. It's used for children as well, right? Yeah. Tatang minyak yang penuh to be very careful with the upbringing of your children. Okay. Okay. So here's the thing. Then do you as a player? Do the same thing. And no. You don't know. You're no. very conscious. I'm very respectful of the dungeon master. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> to a point. <laughs> <laughs> to a point where he doesn't agree with me and then I take over and I dungeon master. <laughs> which which many dungeon masters can attest to my pettiness <laughs> of them not giving in to what I want. <laughs> So many, yeah, so, so many, many irritating players. 
Dungeon Masters make the worst. Like, I run a group for Dungeon Masters, yeah. okay? All these poor, that I'm sure many of our listeners are poor Dungeon Masters who don't get to play. Yeah. So I thought, okay, it's great. Let's give them a pot opportunity. Let's go on a long adventure, uh-huh. right? Because these guys will be very respectful. They're going to do the correct <laughs> thing because they're all Dungeon Masters and they all Dungeon Master many games. Right, and then oh, we started playing, uh, and then I'm never gonna do that <laughs> because they are killing each other, oh they are turning each against oh, each other, and but the story context all freaking fun, uh, but it's just all over the place. There is no proper way. I think dungeon masters make the worst place. You know, you, you cannot deny the sheer allure of murder hoboing. That it's like it's as I think. For, for a lot of people that, that It's so true Yeah It's it, so it, true It's very hard to not Suddenly decide I want to destroy everything Right it is, it's, it's almost like uh, Innate Instinctive Human nature thing When you're Introduced into a world Where you're absorbed By your actual responsibilities And you want to just Go batshit crazy But Yes Until you play A third campaign And then you stop Correct Yes You yeah. have to go through That cycle That life yes. cycle Where yeah. finally You settle down Your right? dharma Yes And then you start Playing Dungeons and Dragons yeah. <laughs> Before that, you just go around. So when are you going to be enlightened? What is the point of enlightenment in Dungeons and Dragons? It, 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 because life goes week by week. I think maybe seven weeks from now. <laughs> <laughs> so how does that enlightenment in Dungeons and Dragons looks like? I really don't know. I mean, different players need different. Different people have different needs. Okay, Chacho. Maybe perhaps the question is, when was that epiphanous moment for you during the day? Whatever that epiphany is, what would it be for you? That moment came outside of Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, really? Mm. How so? So I got into an accident in January, mm. uh, and I could have easily gotten depressed and upset. Mm. But I kept laughing to myself when I was in the hospital because, like, oh damn, I rolled a one. <laughs> and I then that was when I realized. <laughs> Our entire life is a Dungeons oh and Dragons game. Brilliant! Genius! Oh my god! Your life, life threatening situation, bottled by accident, broken bones, broken ribs, yeah. and what oh. you say is, oh, I love the one. Yeah, and I'm wow. I, I, wow. I, my de- death saving throws were okay. Like, I didn't oh have to roll death saving throws, I was just like 1 HP. No, like, at least, I, actually, I was at 5 HP maybe. Yeah. And that. That went through my mind and I just kept laughing and laughing and laughing. I couldn't laugh out loud because my ribs were hurting. So I just went, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. So that, that epiphany came outside of Dungeons and Dragons. Wow. I can't talk that, dude. No, there's, there's no, no point, way. There's no point where you can con- talk a bike accident and rolling at disadvantage and getting a one. Oh my god. Wow, that's that insane. Incredible. That and that insane. is how I've been living life. Lately, like yeah. oh, if like something don't go my way, it's like okay lah, I just wrote a one. It is what wow. it is. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. That's great. That's great. Yeah, that's the best thing today. Oh wow! Then you you get to see yourself from a, a third person perspective that you are actually technically just a character and avatar of this life. Then yeah. you are inside a mecha bot that is made out of bones and flesh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's I just see myself as a D and D Beyond character. <laughs> okay, let's just change my character shit. <laughs> okay, talking about dungeon mastering, right? Uh-huh. Do you think that being a dungeon master makes you a good father, or being a good father makes you a dungeon master? A good dungeon master, you mean? Ah, good dungeon master. A good dungeon master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, to be a good dungeon master. Because <laughs> anybody can be a dungeon master. Wait, say that again. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take two. Okay. Does 
does being a father make you a good dungeon master or does a good dungeon master can a good dungeon master make you a good father okay so that question can potentially go very very deep but let me try and hopefully simplify my thoughts don't let's go deep <laughs> okay so father alone in its definition is very hard really mm. right it's very difficult to say what's a good father what's a bad father what's an okay father fatherhood in itself has many many layers that you need to unravel and completely understand the same can be said about being a DM right and those two when you try to intertwine them together it's a recipe for either absolute disaster or absolute magic right so I don't think you can actually try and weave them as such what would be more important to, to, to do and to say is to kind of look at what is your intrinsic motivation in trying to be either a better father or a better DM, mm. right? And then maybe perhaps you can find a bridge between the two, between that nurturing ability of storyteller and godlike controller of a narrative, which can be applied to both DMing and fatherhood. True. <laughs> this, this is way beyond me. It's <laughs> only the good thing when you go on, just look at him blankly. <laughs> There was there was like philosophical to a point where where I need to I need to read Nietzsche to, to just just deconstruct what you just said. You asked. <laughs> if we no, did. I think maybe the, the question maybe let, let's frame yeah. it. Okay, okay let's, let's, let's frame it better. Let's frame it. Okay. Reframe. <laughs> Take three. <laughs> Take three. Because <laughs> because I'm interested and he new newly married man ah, right okay. who's eventually going to be a father quite okay. soon okay. right. Mm. What we want to extract from you is like how can we use Dungeons and Dragons and DMing mm. in particular to become a good father? That's really what I'm interested in. Mm. Okay, so it's not as linear as you think it is. It of is, course not. Yeah, it's not, right? It's, it's not. highly complex. It is a very complex, multivariate um, issue and discourse that needs to be Unraveled very, very soon. Okay, okay, okay. So let's throw away Dungeons and Dragons. What makes a good father? For you? I, for me? Oh man. I think what makes. Oh, that's, that's a loaded question, you know, because I don't even know what that means. Okay. okay? I, think, I think that's fair. I think, I yeah. think we yeah. can just leave I, it I would, at that. Yeah, I would, I would actually hesitate to call myself a good father. Hmm. I think, like, being philosophical, I uh-huh. think fatherhood is a journey, it's not a destination. Absolutely, yes. So absolutely. you can't say, you may be good today, you may be shitty tomorrow. Okay, okay. let me let me qualify first why I'm, I'm so hesitant to actually say what makes a good father, right? Because I am a shitty son. I've done some terrible things, right? That I wouldn't want any parent to go through. Look, I've done shit that has probably made my parents go, Wallawi, why not this boy? Right? And then we all go through that. I mean... Most of us do lah. We go to a rebellious stage, but here's the thing, right? You go to a rebellious stage and then you you become an adult, you kind of move on. I did that all the way into my thirties, you know, <laughs> right? And, and a lot of things I'm not proud about. Some things I'm proud about. Mm. I'm I'm slowly building bridges to better connect with my parents, even as we speak today. Um, I have a much better relationship with them now, uh, and that's why I hesitate to say what makes a good father because just as I know what I've done, right? and how I'm trying to reflect and be better than what I did to my parents, I can only assume that whatever I do 
may have either unintended consequences or the exact opposite of what I want it to turn out to be. Like for example, my children right now, as in my mind, I fully expect them to do what I did to my parents as a matter of karma. Mm. And in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, how am I going to handle it? Yes. So, so yeah, I I can only do my best. I don't even know what my best means. Um, what I and my wife are trying to create as a uh, safe home environment for our children is the idea that do whatever you need to do to find your happiness, right? And this applies to my children. Just know that whatever happens, you can always come back to us, to yes. our home, mm. as the nest, our original nest. Mm. And it's a safe space. It sounds like, um, you know, the dungeon master being the player, the player being the dungeon master kind of exactly. thing mm-hmm. in like a father form. Yeah. Like you, you expect your players to be exactly like how you are when yeah. you are a player. And that fear is true, but you like what you said earlier. It's like going back to you, your intention of being a father, uh, intention being a dungeon master. Right, it's the same. It's exactly the same. Like for example, that you, oops, sorry, you know that um, when you DM, right, there will be wayward players for sure. No matter how much you press, that's when you did. and it, or they could all just go off the reservation and do whatever they want, you know. And no matter how much you put in, how much prep you do. It's going to go arise somewhere or somehow or whatever it is, right? But what do you do? Do you stop? No, keep going. You keep going. You make sure that you create as good as an adventure, as good as a journey, as good as an environment for them to find that pockets of happiness where they can. Correct. And if they get too much, you drop a piano on them. Exactly. <laughs> drop the piano, introduce the dragon, yes. plonk a mimic in. Going, going back. Going back, if 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 you have if you dungeon mastering five dungeon masters who uh who don't get to play, then you got five idiots. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All five going in di- different directions. 